welcome to another episode of the Diz Explorers Podcast, where each week we explore different avenues of the great Disney empire. So this week joining us, we have Adrian. Hello. We have Jessica. Hi, everybody. And Crystal. Hey, you all. And waiting at the airport in California from his two-week whirlwind trip of Aulani and Disneyland, which we will hear about in coming episodes, is Mr. Milford. Hello, everybody. (laughs) He's in a noisy spot, so we're keeping him on mute for this episode. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So this week, we are going to chat about underrated... Disney soundtracks and not only movie soundtracks it can be music from the parks uh, television shows theme songs anything that relates to Disney music that we feel as as a group or as individuals is underrated or not uh, appreciated as much as other soundtracks that either got a lot of love or a lot of playing time and uh, you know, the trend as of recent, and this goes for all movies, not Disney, seems to be that you know more of the popular songs are played on either popular radio stations or streaming radio, uh, internet radio stations. It's it used to be if you wanted to hear songs that you heard in a movie, you had to buy the soundtrack, and it was the only way you were going to hear them. But there seems to be a huge crossover of of pop stars and country stars and you name it who are singing either theme songs or popular songs from many of the newer movies. And it's, it's started probably with, I guess, Oliver and Company is the first one I can think of that was a mainstream artist with Billy Joel. And then, you know, went on to Little Mermaid and on before that. So, um, so we're just going to get it started. And this week we'll start off with Miss Jessica. All right. So I picked three soundtracks that I think are underrated. And the first one you just mentioned, Oliver and Company. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I talked about it in a movie sode a while back, but I just really liked the variety of um, styles. And I also really liked that they got Huey Lewis, Bette Midler, Billy Joel. I just think it was really cool to see that many different really big artists come together to play different animals. And I think the Perfect is an Easy song is really funny. And that Midler just crushes it. And um, it's just fun to listen to. Um, I kind of forgot about the soundtrack until I recorded that movie sound. And since then, I've just been putting it on in the background at work or something. And there's a lot of pretty good songs in it. So I think it doesn't get enough love. Along with the movie itself, I guess. Um, but the second one I picked is Sleeping Beauty. And I don't really mean the songs with words as much as just the scores. Um, that's one of my favorite Disney movies, and I just think that part of the reason why is because the soundtrack is just really pretty. There's a lot of strings, and um, I think it does an amazing job of setting the tone of whatever setting they're in. So when they're in the forest, there's a distinct sound. In Maleficent's lair, there's a distinct sound, and I just think that it's really cool, um, and I really like it. And then the third one that I picked, which is probably my favorite on this list, is... Mary Poppins, because I think that's the kind of soundtrack where you listen to a song one time, you haven't listened to it for 10 years, and then you still remember the words. It just comes right back to you. 
Um, and Step in Time is one of my favorite Disney songs ever. So um, I think that that soundtrack is just awesome. And um, I wish that it would be played more in the parks. In Disneyland, they play it with the, the fireworks. They play Step in Time. But that's pretty much it. I think it, they should play it on Main Street or something. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, I think Mary Poppins needs a little more appreciation. But those are probably my three favorite soundtracks that I feel like don't get enough love. Nice. Yeah, I will agree with you. I'm not super familiar with the Oliver and Company one, but I do, now that you mentioned the names of the other artists besides Billy Joel, I do recall, I, I can't, pick, uh, not picture, but I can't think of the, the song melodies in my head other than the the main one by Billy Joel, uh, Why Must I Worry. But yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a pretty, you know, all-star lineup for that. Yeah, definitely. For that movie, for that time period, you know, like I said, when was that? That was mid eighties, right? Eighty eight. Eighty eight, okay, so late eighties, yeah. You know, and, and yeah, now that I'm thinking about it and thinking about that movie, it's it's all pretty upbeat stuff and it's just kinda kinda rocks along, which is pretty cool. Without a doubt. So yeah, I'll definitely go with that. And and I agree with you on the Sleeping Beauty one too. Yeah, that is the score of the movie is it's beautiful, yeah. It's just, just really well done, as most of those classics were. I mean, you had, you know, the one major song, Once Upon a Dream. That's that's really it. Yeah, the first, up until probably Oliver and Company, the movies were a lot more about scores, and there weren't a lot of catchy songs that you'd sing along to. No, definitely not. There was maybe one from each movie. Cinderella, right. Cinderella and Snow White, maybe the only two that had multiple yeah, lyrical yeah. lyrical songs that are still, you know, popular today and used quite a bit within within the parks and and other things. But yeah, I definitely will agree with you on those. All right, Miss Adrian, what do you got? Okay, um, two Disney films immediately popped into my head when we thought about films film scores that don't really get enough attention. And they're both from the, you know, the Renaissance 90s era. I think when you think of that time period, you think about the songs from The Little Mermaid or The Lion King or Aladdin, um, Beauty and the Beast. Those kind of come to the forefront of your mind immediately. But my favorite Disney soundtrack probably of all time is from Hercules. Nice. I oh, I didn't even think of that. Loved that movie and those those songs so much like when they show up on pandora like my kids can't talk i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna be singing as loud as possible with gestures to the embarrassment of everyone in the car i don't care <laughs> they're amazing nice and i just i don't think that that movie gets much love really no. from that period I mean, and the songs definitely i mean how do you not love the muses and all of their, you know, little interjections throughout the whole movie. And Meg, I love Meg. And I mm -hmm. love the anti-love love song. And I won't say I'm in love. I adore that that song in particular. Um, but just the whole thing, I think, in general. I don't think, I think people tend to forget it. And another one from that era that I think doesn't get as much attention as it probably should is the Tarzan soundtrack. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big Phil Collins fan. Um, you know, I, I was raised on top 40 by my mom. Thanks mom. <laughs> but so Phil Collins, I love him. And I just, 
I don't know. Maybe that's just a personal preference, but I I probably didn't give it that much attention either until it's been popping up on my Pandora station a lot lately. And um and I just really like it. I think the songs are sweet. I think they go with the movie. I think it it just fits in well. And then the last one that I'm going to mention, I don't know if it's going to be underrated, overrated, or just forgotten, but my house is completely filled with Moana lately. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I really enjoyed the music with the exception of one song, Shiny. I don't like that one at all. <laughs> but um, it's just weird and out of place. But the rest of it's really good. And then you've got, you know, it's all, a lot of the music was done by, what Lynn Manuel Miranda, yep. his name, mm-hmm. um, yeah, from of Hamilton fame, and I just thought it was really, really well done. We've been listening to "You're Welcome" <laughs> on repeat, <laughs> um, and like I said, I think it's too early to tell if that soundtrack will will hold up to the test of time. But I don't hear a lot about that soundtrack right now either, except for. You know, the amazement of this amazing 16-year-old girl who was able to belt out those songs like nobody's business. But, but yeah, so that's kind of where my brain is lately. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I'll agree with you on the the Moana front. Yeah, my my youngest, the almost five-year-old, his favorite tune on it is uh, is the one that we know the way when they're finding the boats and, you know, voyaging out. Which is yeah. my favorite track of the movie, either? Yeah, yeah. I we talked about this on uh, on the uh, one I missed. On the one you missed, yeah. <laughs> well, just about the because Shiny was my least favorite sequence in that whole movie until I started yeah. listening to it and listening to the lyric. I don't want to rehash what we did on a previous episode, but basically, I didn't like that song until I started really listening to the lyrics, and the lyrics are fantastic, really, really good. I- I will agree with you because I did that today because um, it shows on my Amazon music, you know, it'll show you yes. the lyrics as it's going. Yeah, and so I, I, was, <laughs> I was, I was reading the lyrics as it was playing. And while I, I agree with you on the lyrics are good, I think they're awkwardly paced. It's hard to sing along to. Yes. The pacing of the song is, it's, it is a very weird song and a weird vibe. And I guess, I think Jessica had mentioned it on the episode we did. I believe he was the fellows from New Zealand. So I, yeah. I don't know if the accent has a something to do with it or if that's just his singing style. Yeah, it was a whole odd thing. But the more I listened to it, the more I enjoyed it because I liked the lyrics and I liked what he was saying. So it made it made, would make me laugh. So, yeah, yeah, but I definitely I think the the other parts of that soundtrack I got. I have the I got it from Amazon Prime as well because it's free. And right. So I got like the deluxe version on there, and I think the score is beautiful. I because, oh yeah, because similar to what they did with some of the songs in Lilo and Stitch, it's you know a Hawaiian. It feels very cultural. It's very cultural, and I enjoy that style of music. Listening to it as well, the drums, ukuleles, the pedal steel. I, I really do like that music. Anyway, percussion based. So I think the score is just as good as the songs that have lyrics in them so definitely yeah i'll agree with you on that cool very sure um okay miss crystal all right please excuse my cold so (laughs) i'm very congested i haven't been feeling well so bear with me but um i'm actually going to start it off with the tangled soundtrack so i feel like just like 
within the park, Tangled doesn't get like enough. They get the bathroom. Amen. <laughs> yes. Um, Pre- preach, sister. Like, yes, I feel like the soundtrack definitely doesn't get enough love. I mean, there's so many great songs. You know, I've Got a Dream, Mother yes. Knows Best, I See the Light. I mean, there's so many great songs. And, you know, <laughs> Mandy Moore is a really good singer, too. So that was uh, a prime role for her. But that is a... Uh, that is by far, I think, one of the most like underrated soundtracks. I feel like it should be more represented in the parks and, and receive a little more attention. So um, that was my first one. I'm going to go like way back for my second one, so don't judge. But um, <laughs> when I was growing up, um, like every time I would go to my grandmother's house, we would I would always get to watch before I went to bed. Um, the old school Peter Pan on Broadway with Mary Martin from 1954. Wow. Um, oh, I love that one. And I just like loved that soundtrack. Like, and that was, you know, like the I'm flying and hooks original, like hooks tango and that entire Broadway production. I think it's just a really amazing soundtrack. I know uh, a year or two ago, they tried to do the, the new cable version, like the cable live version of Peter Pan. And I was like horrified during the entire thing. Um, I mean, they're amazing songs and I just felt like they tried to, I don't know. They tried to go back to that place and it's, I don't know, unless you're going to do the exact same thing. It's like, it just has to be left alone for me, but that one is way old school. So if you know how many people have actually even watched the, the old school Peter Pan with Mary Martin. So. Not in a long time, but I have seen it. Yeah, I just grew up on that movie, and I absolutely love it. So I was I was pumped when they did the, the newest version, but it was not nearly as good. Um, and then my last one is actually a throw to the parks. Um, and I love the Wishes soundtrack. So I'm super disappointed that they're going to um, change Wishes, and they're not going to have it anymore. But, um, you know, just the kickoff of that soundtrack with When You Wish Upon a Star, and then um, the next one is Magic Starts with a Wish. And then I just love the story that it tells. Like, you can listen to the soundtrack and it tells a full story of because it's telling the fire, the, the, the story with the fireworks. But um, there's a song about the villainous wish and just how, you know, um, somebody who has a good heart in the way that they wish for something versus a villain and how they wish for something and how that kind of collides in the story it tells along the way. So. Those are kind of my main three, but I am super sad to see Wishes go. I'm excited to see what they'll have um, to follow it up, but I will I will definitely miss that soundtrack. Um, when my son was little, we would play that in his room, and <laughs> you know we let him listen to that to take a nap. So I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that it's not going to be around anymore, but those are my main three. Cool. Yeah, the Wishes is uh, – well, you know what? It, it, it tugs at all the right heartstrings, if you would. You know, it's, it's, it's the – that classic when you wish upon a star which gets everybody's emotions thinking and going and it's the whole build up at the beginning yeah and the story of that fireworks show is really well done and well portrayed in both song and the visual of the fireworks so yeah i'm with you i'm uh i'm kind of sad to see it go it's it seems like it's been there forever but it was only what's 14 15 years so, you know, we'll see what they're going to do next. I, I just hope it's not a mainly projection-based show and they're not, you know, skimping out on fireworks to, to save money and budget cuts and all sorts of other nonsense. But Yeah, I mean, the Disneyland fireworks show is incredible, so I hope if ours could any be anything close to that, that would be awesome. 
Um, but it is going to be sad to see it go. I mean, it's kind of like um, the Spectro Magic Parade and all that, and yep. Elaine, Main Street Electric Parade. It's just, you know, those are things that you get accustomed to seeing, and it's part of what you share with your own kids when you take them back to the park. So it's hard to it's hard to let go of those things. But I'm excited to see what they'll have in store for us. Definitely. Yeah, because I, I don't remember there being that much. I mean, plus social media wasn't a part of it, but when went from fantasy in the sky to wishes you know i don't remember the the crazy outrage and all the oh my god you know i can't believe they're changing in this fireworks show and everything else i mean you still get to hear the old show because that's what they use for the new year's eve fireworks and the yeah that's what they use for the new year's eve fireworks is that old is that soundtrack that's the fantasy in the sky soundtrack and then they add the you know countdown tag to the end yeah, you know, they do so many other different fireworks shows that if they would have transitioned into it, I think just right at the start of the year, no one would even have noticed probably. Um, yeah. I think it's like the lapse in time because they have a special Halloween shows, you know, yeah. 4th of July, Halloween, Christmas, Christmas. Like they have, and then New Year's Eve, they have all of these separate shows. So you really don't even notice that it's, it's not there. Um, so I think they could have had like a good escape if they they wanted to but i'm glad that they brought it back so we could go see it and we actually went um last night to sip savor and sparkle which is a new event that they have at the contemporary resort Mm -hmm. and we got to see wishes i think probably for the last time for us so it was a, a pretty cool event in the contemporary with appetizers and desserts and then afterwards you went out on the viewing platform outside of the california grill and then you could watch um wishes so it was a good farewell for us nice that's cool yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I'll get to see it in April when when I go with my family, and that, that'll definitely be my final time seeing it. So, yeah, it'd be nice if I can view it like that, but we don't have any reservations for California Grill, so it'll just most likely be standing on Main Street <laughs> with, with strollers. All right, so I guess it is my turn. And I didn't limit mine to three, so I guess I'll have to narrow it down. I have a list as everybody was talking, and I had stuff I had thought of before we recorded. But my first one, and this is, will not be a shocker to probably anybody, are is the is the Pirates of the Caribbean movie soundtracks from all the theatrical releases. I think all four of them are fantastic. Uh, not every song on all of them. I, the first one is probably my least favorite out of all of them, uh, just because many of the songs just sound the same and kind of run together the same theme. Uh, and there was a different composer involved with that first one. But once Hans Zimmer had full control over it for the second, third, and fourth, he just put his mark on it and and ran away with it. So I, those soundtracks I really, really love, and I listen to them very, very often. Um, hey, tell me, RJ, is the third... I'm. You're going to hate me, but they all run together for me. <laughs> is the third one the one where the opening scene is the people marching to the gallows? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I can remember going to the midnight release of that movie and the music, like that score of that scene, I can remember being like severely, not severely, but like impacted by that music oh, yeah. and how that score just went so beautifully with the scene and everything that was going on. So I'm totally in agreement with you right there. Yeah, definitely. And the bonus features of that CD has a whole section of of Hans Zimmer and Gore Verbinski, the director who actually plays guitar as well. And he played 
on the track for one of the songs uh, in that movie. He played guitar on one of the tracks. And I'm trying to remember correctly, and I'll probably get it wrong, but the the woman who sang that song that you're talking about when they're walking to the gallows, uh, Hoist the Colors, I believe was either his wife or their daughter. It was some sort of family member some that, that sung that song. and But just watching how they direct and how they, you know, I'm going way off track, but just <laughs> the behind, that behind the scenes stuff is great when they tell you how they make the film and everything else and show you the special effects. But the music portion for me, because I'm a giant music nerd, was just fantastic. Just watching him direct the orchestra and how they come up with the music and how it's just, it's insane. The, I mean, the, the bonus features are, are as good as the movie. And I know those second and third ones don't get as much love as the first one by many people, but they're all wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyway, moving on <laughs> another one for me that I think is underrated and it goes back to kind of what we were saying with some of the earlier soundtracks that didn't have many catchy songs on it or by famous artists is uh, the original Jungle Book soundtrack. That's one of my favorite ones. Just very, just very upbeat song. It's got great, you know, uh, I Want to Be Like You, the, the song with King Louie, which was done by Louie Prima. is probably one of my favorite Disney tracks on any of them. It's just, all, all the songs are great. They, they fit in the story well, and they just help move that movie along, which is, compared to today's movies and today to today's quick action and, and immediate you know gratification and stuff those those earlier movies are kind of slow paced so when that soundtrack just to me just moves along nice and you know you got the bare necessities you know the score is really nice so that, that one was always one for me and I feel that most of the park soundtracks in general, not just Wishes, as Crystal, as Crystal mentioned, don't get the love that they respect. I mean, now with streaming radio services and, and internet radio that were that has been popular, it's it's much easier to listen to park audio, not only attraction soundtracks, but the background music, which we've talked about on episodes here. It's, it's much easier to listen to, and I, I believe it's becoming... It's became more popular with people, and there are recognizable sections and and songs that people know uh, from different lands and and parts of the parks. But I, I think I, I remember listening to as a kid growing up the the Main Street Electrical Parade soundtrack and just on vinyl and listening to it constantly. And and then I, I remember having I had the Country Bears soundtrack as well, and th- those were really good. Now, here's two that I'm going to mention that I don't know if some of our younger listeners and our my younger co-hosts will may have heard of, but I'm wondering if anybody has heard them because I listen to these constantly, and they came out uh, in the early and mid-'80s. There were two albums, and one was called Mouser Size and one was called Splash Dance, and they were obviously... Splash Dance was a kind of a take on Flash Dance at the time, and it was... They were songs by, they were just your typical Disney songs, and they, they were, the albums, the albums were fantastic. They were totally '80s music. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But there was just some songs that got in your head that you could <laughs> remember 
forever. Like to just I while I, while I was writing this down, like just remembering listening to them, and, and and some of the melodies were popping in my head, and it was hysterical. And I haven't listened to these albums in years, uh, and I still have both of them on vinyl. <laughs> the Mouser size one was cool because it came with the the jacket that the album slid in had. It came with a booklet actually with all the different exercises you could do to the songs because it was supposed to be an exercise, you know, like a Jane Fonda thing. And the cover was Mickey, Minnie, I believe, and Goofy, all dressed up in, you know, exercise clothes. And Minnie had these, you know, giant leg warmers on and the whole get up. And, and it was, if you can look them up, look them up. I know the songs are out there on, probably on YouTube. I'm sure you could probably still purchase them on iTunes or Android, whatever you have, but they're worth a listen to because it's hysterical to to listen to them. To that stuff from the '80s, from those of us who didn't grow up with that music. <laughs> oh, I'm totally looking this up. Nothing says '80s like Mouser size. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mouser size. Awesome. Mouser size and Splash Dance. And Splash Dance was the better of the two because it was later '80s, so it was a little better quality. It wasn't like complete cheese. But those, some of those songs were really, really good. And that one was, it was Mickey on a surfboard was the cover of that album. Like in a, in like a barrel or a tunnel, whatever you would call it. Like from the backside. So yeah, those, <laughs> yeah, listen to, you'll laugh. And then you'll laugh at me because, <laughs> for bringing it up. But I think my number one underrated soundtrack, and I believe the whole show is underrated because it never got as much love as, as Wishes did or the original incarnation of it is Illuminations Reflections of Earth. Now it is my favorite nighttime spectacular uh, with the current Star Wars one like coming in pretty, pretty close behind it. But as well as the show, I think the soundtrack is phenomenal from beginning to end. From the from the beginning that's you know starts off you know, all all crazy, and and then it brings it down at the low key part with the fountains, and then just and then it builds itself back up, and then you have the great ending with the with the song on the end with "We Go On." I just I I think I, I get why it's not as popular as Wishes. There's not as many fireworks, which I guess people want to see. There is that big lull in the middle with the fountains and not as much fire. I, I, I get it, but I just to me. I'm okay with that. I like that it's not just blazing fireworks for 15 minutes. It does tell a story, just not with classic Disney songs. You know, it's it's a reflection of Earth. It's in the title. I mean, you know, you watch the, the show, you watch the globe, it has the animals it's going around it on the big LED screens, and it's just, I don't know, it's, you know, it's opinion, personal opinion like anything else. But I do think that the soundtrack, whether you like physically watching the show or not, you, you, the soundtrack is phenomenal. From beginning to end, I I enjoy the pre-shows that they have, and there's two different versions of them that I believe they rotate out now. That play in the all around the promenade before the show starts, and then you have the exit music, which is fantastic as well too. Which the exit music now currently I believe is the old Tapestry of Nations parade that used to play in World Showcase that they used for the Millennium Celebration. So that's uh, those are what I had. <laughs> So I don't know if anybody had anything else they thought of us as we were I did. chatting. I thought I thought of one more. Um, the Nightmare Before Christmas is a pretty cool soundtrack as well. There's just a couple cool songs on there that my son is like obsessed with right now. He's like totally into Halloween. 
<laughs> yeah, there is some. It's an odd soundtrack, but yeah, there is some it good is. songs it's on it. It is. It's very weird. It is. Well, I mean, so is that movie, but. <laughs> uh, Milford sent us his picks, too. He said oh. Tron Legacy, um, all the Pirates movie soundtracks, and the Lion King soundtrack, both movie and theater musical versions. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I don't. Uh, the Tron Legacy, I didn't see, so I can't speak to that. Pirates, obviously. And the, and and the Lion King, I don't. I mean, that one was pretty popular. I don't. I don't know that it was underrated among the the fans. Maybe it was, but I mean, those songs are everywhere now. I mean, they're kind of like the ones Adrian mentioned, like those big four. You know, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Mermaid, and and that one. I feel like those songs are you know incorporated into everything that they can get them incorporated into. <laughs> You know, wow. Yeah, my I mean, my kids. I mean, they haven't even seen The Lion King. I know I'm a terrible person, but I'm not ready for parent death yet. Um, <laughs> so we just avoided that. Yeah, they yeah. watch The Lion Guard. You know, they know yeah, who they right. are. But even they know, um, like, just can't wait to be king and yeah, um, be good. prepared. Obviously, because it's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> I know. That's. I mean. I think that's my favorite scene in Philharmagic. Is the oh. I just can't wait to be king scene. Only because there's so many things that like pop out. I like watching my kids yeah. jump. <laughs> uh, that in the in the in the be our guest when it's shooting the corks. Oh yeah, that, that always, one's good. That always gets them too. <laughs> I mean, see, there's a perfect example of all those songs. You got a song from all those movies in that one 12-minute show. Right, right. And Peter Pan is in there, you know, with You Can Fly. Right. So it's, you know, they. I mean, they know the ones that they want to be popular and that, that they capitalize on without a doubt. But it's just it's just funny to hear the difference of, of what individuals like and think are underrated and, yeah. yeah i tell you another and jessica had mentioned the for sleeping beauty it reminded me of of the of maleficent the the one with angelina jolie that score is fantastic uh i i had bought that not too long after i'd seen that movie because i was interested in just hearing it because i liked uh what's the girl's name lana del rey that version of once upon a dream oh, that she did. Oh yeah, I remember that. So friggin' haunting, and it's so spooky. Yeah, good, but it's so good. Even my kids were into it. Like, wow. I was like, yeah, this is. I mean, wow. <laughs> it really fit the mood for that movie because that movie was very, very dark. Yeah, but, but yeah, the, absolutely. But the score is wonderful. If you ever, you know, if you're into that kind of thing and you just want like background music playing, I mean, you don't. It's not something you're gonna put on and listen to while you're driving, but it's. I mean the. The orchestral is is fantastic and on that soundtrack. I think, as personally, so you know, I think that's all I got that I can yeah, think I'm of. Yeah, I'm good. All right, then I think we'll wrap this episode up with that. So let us know what you think. Is there any soundtracks we missed? Do you agree with what all our troopers have said? Is there any other ones that you think are underrated, both old or new, uh, movie or? Uh, park soundtrack I mean, pretty much everything we talked about other than Crystal's uh, original Peter Pan the Broadway Peter Pan were were animated we didn't even 
get into any of the live-action... Well, the Pirates ones, but... I can't think of any other, like, live-action ones that had a lot of memorable songs, other than maybe some of those early, early ones with Annette Funicello, but I, I couldn't tell you any of those songs, and... So I, I'm not going to mention any of them, because I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know any of them, but I know she had some popular hits from from way back then with some of those early live-action movies that she was in when Walt was still alive before the animation really started taking off. So, you know, some of those are probably worth checking out if you're looking to expand your library. So with that, we're going to say goodbye for this episode, and I want to thank everybody for listening. You can head on over to thedizexplorers.com on the internets and... Check us out on there. You can find links on there to all our other social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and also on YouTube. You can also find links to all our individual troopers and to all our individual accounts if you choose to follow us. And we thank you very much. You can download us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, and also on YouTube, and we would appreciate that. Subscribe to us. Let us know you're listening. Send us a tweet. Give us a review. Five stars would be awesome. And let us know what you think. Thank you again, and we'll talk to everybody next week.